Hi, Pylon listeners. Just a quick scheduling note coming up for you. So the Packers play on Monday Night Football here in Week 4. That's going to cause a little difference in our scheduling. So we're actually going to record on Tuesday night, it looks like. And our reaction to Week 4 will come out on Wednesday. And then we'll have a preview episode come out on next Thursday. We just want everybody to know. Enjoy your weekend. Sit back. Relax. It's time for our Week 4 Preview Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pylon and NFC North podcast. We're recording this on September 30th. The end of September has approached us. And week four of the NFL season is also approaching us. We're almost a quarter of the way through the season. I'm Big Z representing the Detroit Lions. And just going around really quick with the rest of the Pylon crew, we got Remy representing the Minnesota Vikings. For the love of God, stop with the tank for Trevor. Skull, baby. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, um, then we got Kinger representing the Packers. Good evening, gentlemen. Go Pack. Good to be back again. And then Barney representing the Bears. What's up, guys? It's been fun in Club Dub. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, all right. So we, we roll into week four. And if you know you don't remember, uh, the Bears and Packers atop at 3-0, Lions at 1-2, and the Vikings 0-3. But before we get into previewing week four and all that good stuff, um, Remy, would you mind giving us an update? So uh, if you're not aware, listeners, the Titans had about three players test positive for COVID and five staffers, and then one additional one on Tuesday was also reported. That game, their game against the Steelers was postponed either Monday or Tuesday. Um, They're not allowed even in their facility until Saturday. The Vikings have had no positive cases as right now, Remy, right? And could you also tell us the status of that game? Yeah, that's correct. No positive cases reported out of Minnesota. Um, Their game still is scheduled. Um, They they plan to return to practice tomorrow. So... um, it's all it's all looking good for for Minnesota, despite their uh, playing on the field. <laughs> yeah, so finally, some good news, Remy, for you. the The Vikings are all healthy, at least COVID wise. That, that that's gonna make that's gonna be a little smile on your face for this week, right? Some some positive news out there. That's about the only positive news out there. <laughs> I think it's I think it's pretty good. We almost made it though, Big Z, like you said, almost a quarter of the way through the season without uh there being any sort of COVID um issues with the players. Oh, yeah. I think AJ Terrell of the Falcons last week, I think was the first player actually to test positive this season, but it seems like they've done mm-hmm. a pretty good job thus far. So we'll be interesting to see where we what happens from here because now it's it's an official thing here and they're they're gonna something they're gonna have to deal with now. Yeah, and it, the NFL's really coming down. Like, we saw the coaches get fined for not wearing a mask, like over $100,000. Um, the NFL has threatened suspensions and uh, loss of draft picks as well, if there's any further uh, wrongdoings. Like, the Raiders this past weekend, I guess, were at a charity event, not wearing masks, and they, they got the shit storm on them this earlier this week. Um, so if, they, if the NFL sees something like that, you could lose like a, a fourth or third round draft pick potentially, which would, that, would, that would hurt way worse for the organization, I feel. Um, so the NFL is taking it pretty seriously. And, and it, that contact tracing watch they have is pretty cool as well. They've spent a lot of money on that type of stuff. Um, but, you know, COVID stuff uh, beside, uh, there's also some other big news in the NFC North. 
Barney, uh, is there some news about a possible quarterback switch or something made more permanent that we already kind of suspected? Yeah, uh, Bears made it official uh, on Monday that Nick Foles will be under center for the foreseeable future. So not just a commitment to, uh, you know, week four. It looks like this is moving forward. Um, so I think it's his it's his ball to lose. So I think that's the first time I've ever heard him call you call him Nick Foles and not Big Dick Nick. <laughs> Um, so speaking of Nick Foles, Barney, let's uh, let's start previewing week four now, shall we? So the Bears are at home in a Midwest battle. Now it's an AFC-NFC matchup for you. Um, the 2-1 and one Colts visiting you in Chicago. So how are you feeling about this matchup? And also, if you could give an update about any injuries uh, to the listeners. I know there's uh, three Cohen news, right? Unless we, yeah, th- just give an up- update on three Cohen as well. Yeah, uh, so Tariq Cohen did, in fact, tear his ACL on that punt return. Uh, so he's done for the year, which is uh, a bit of a loss for our offense just because he was just a joker back that you know uh, uh, opposing defensive coordinators had to plan for. Um, but uh, like you said, we have, uh, we have Indy and it's next man up. Uh, I expect uh, David Montgomery to... Increase in market share here. Uh, we just activated uh, Artavius Pierce, um, uh, an undrafted uh, rookie that uh, you know showed that that he has a a, a little bit of uh, life and uh, and whatnot. He's a very active back, but uh, I really don't think he's going to be contributing all too much. Uh, I think it'll be mostly David Montgomery back there with uh, one of our guys, Ryan Nall. Um, but uh, you know, just let's get into this game. Uh, the the Bears are gonna have their hands full with uh, with Indy here. Um, you know, defensively, through the first three weeks, no one's been better uh, than Indy. You know, they have a stout run stopping unit featuring DeForest Buckner and uh, Darius Leonard, who make it very hard for opposing offensive coordinators to plan against. Um, <clears throat> they also have a very opportunistic secondary behind a rejuvenated Xavier Rhodes. And I know that's going to sting a little bit there, Remy, because he was pretty bad <laughs> last year for you guys. But but uh, he's got a pair of INTs. Uh, he had he took one to the house um, last week. But uh, just a very stout defense uh, that has been uh, beating the daylights out of their opponents lately. But, you know, they, didn't really, they haven't really had the toughest schedule. Um, you know, they face Gardner Minshew in the Jags. They face Kirk Cousins in the Vikings, and they faced uh, Sam Darnold in the Jets. So, uh, yeah. you know, take that with a grain of salt. But they are definitely they they're 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 a nasty D. Um, offensively, uh, the Colts run the ball really well uh, against a good old line. Um, I expect Pagano to try to stack the box and get out of our dime coverage. Uh, that we've shown the past two games and try to stop the run here. Uh, yeah, and Barney, I think we, the Colts' offensive line has started in over 30-plus games together, uh, the same five offensive linemen, which is super impressive. Yeah, no doubt. Um, they have taken a bit of a step back from last year's dominance, but they're still a top-tier unit um, that, that usually imposes their will uh, in the trenches. So... You know, I expect Danny Trevathan to to get back some of his uh, playing time here. 
you know, because our, our our whole uh, philosophy this week has just got to be stopping the run because they uh, get a lot of chunk yardage in play action passing. Um, this is usually a defense that, or I'm sorry, an offense that that matches up well with the Bears uh, in terms of for for us being able to uh, silence their attack. Um, but you know, we we don't have our our run stoppers um, that we had in the past with Eddie Goldman and whatnot. But, you know, I, I that's where the game's going to be won and lost. Uh, if we can stop them in their uh, rushing attack, you know, I really don't think an old veteran uh, Phillip Rivers is going to be able to pass all over our, our really good secondary. So, um, you know, it, it, Nick Foles is facing – a lot. there's a lot of funny little – uh, matchups. Nick Foles is facing Frank Reich, right? His mm-hmm. old quarterbacks coach that uh, when they won the Super Bowl together. Yeah. Um, Pagano's facing the, his old, you know, team that he was a head coach for. So uh, it, it's going to be a fun one. I think it's um, going to be a relatively low scoring game. I, mean, I know I'm a broken record when I say this stuff, but uh, I, I think the Bears are going to pull this one out. Um, I just I don't know what what it was. It was just yeah. Nick Foles came in. He had six drives and had five you know touchdowns. Um, you know, obviously only three counted, and uh, <laughs> two of them are dropped. But that's not on Foles. So uh, the the offense looked much better with him. He just looks so much calmer. Uh, you know, Trubisky's really got a lot of uh, physical attributes and and athleticism to him to where Nick Foles doesn't, but. There's just a sense of calm that Nick Foles has that he, you know, he doesn't panic and he's really, really good inside the pocket in um, discovering that uh, the packages that he's facing and the coverages. Um, and that really showed in the last quarter when he was given the rock. So, um, you know, I expect the Bears uh, to have a tight game here. I'm going to say 22 to 19. Wow, not yet. Yeah. Um, and it, it, um, someone else I want to bring up is just the fact you mentioned Colts have 14th best run offense per PFF. Bears have fifth best rush defense. So that um, should be an interesting matchup. And I really am interested to see the Quentin Nelson, Akeem Hicks uh, battle on the inside. Those are two stalwarts. I love Quentin Nelson. I, I think you do too, right, Barney, from Notre Dame days? You're a big Notre Dame guy. Yeah, he's a brawler. He's 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 one of my favorite just linemen, or he's one of my favorite guys in the NFL. To be honest, yeah. the way he has some insane highlight reels. But you're right. Um, right now, only Alden Smith has more sacks than than Akeem Hicks right now. Um, so that's why it's going to be a great battle right in the trenches. And uh, you know the Bears are really going to have to dig deep for four quarters here if they're going to want to come out versus a really uh, coached well team. Absolutely, and Kinger, um, you, you know the Packers got the Monday night game. You're gonna have three noon, three NFC North noon games here. Is uh, the the Bears Colts gonna be one that you turn on? You know, it, it, I might just have to tune in to see how Big Dick Nick does in his first start as a Chicago Bear. This is a tough game for me to evaluate because I think I was a little high on the Colts at the beginning of the year. I thought Phillip Rivers maybe had a little bit more in him than um, what he's shown thus far. I am a believer in that defense, like Barney highlighted, excellent against the run, uh, good playmakers. I think this is going to be a hard-fought game, low scoring. Um, I don't like to say it, 
but I'm going to give the Bears uh, the edge at home, 1917 over Indianapolis. Oh, all right. All right. And I should remind people listening or tell them, I guess, inform them. The Bears are two and a half point underdogs this week at home. Uh, so interesting line. Usually you see the home team uh, favored by three in a close matchup like this. So the Vegas likes the Colts or just uh, the sharp betters like the Colts. I'm not sure which one. But Remy, how are you feeling about this? Um, you you faced the Colts already. So how do you think this uh, Bears team matches up against the Colts? Yeah, no, I think one thing um, – going into this game is if you want to beat the Colts, you got to stop the run first. Jonathan Taylor is a dog. Um, hated him at Wisconsin, but knew he was a dog. And he rushed for over 100 yards on <laughs> Minnesota's defense. Um, and second, you got to get to you got to get to Phillip Rivers. Um, if you can do that, you're pulling out a victory 24 uh, 17 Chicago. All right, and Barney, there's one more. There's one more question I want to ask you about the Bears' offense and Terry Cohen. Uh, so Terry Cohen, a big receiver out of the backfield, he has six receptions this year for them, uh, over 14 carries. So, but I'm not worried as much about the carries. Uh, but who who becomes that receiving back for the Bears out of the backfield, say in like the two minute drill? Yeah, uh, you know that's exactly why we got somebody like David Montgomery uh, out of Iowa State. This is. This is what he was. He was the captain. Um, you know, he had like 40% of the targets uh, as a running back uh, in that backfield. Um, he's very comfortable. I think he's very Forte-esque, uh, a very patient, um, shifty guy who's who's really reliable with his hands. Um, you know, obviously that's very lofty uh, comparison there. But, um, you know, I, I, I think he's, you know, he's, he's not the guy with blazing speed. Right, um, but I, that's he's he's going to be just fine in that passing attack, um, dump off screens, everything. I got you. Yeah, and this is this is going to be a really tight game. Um, that line I think is right on the money. Um, I, I have the Colts winning twenty three twenty. Maybe if there was a home crowd, it'd be different, but no home crowd really changes things. And Philip Rivers was throwing a lot week one. I think the Colts have really eliminated that. I think they have a strong – I like their matchup on the offensive line against this defense rush-wise. And T.Y. The, the Colts still are suffering from a lot of drops, uh, which is highly unusual and usually corrects itself, and I think that starts correcting itself this week. So that's why I have the Colts taking it. Um, and uh... – in, in terms of injuries, it's it's pretty even. Uh, there's there's really not much going on on each side, but uh, offensively for the Colts, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., a, a promising wide receiver uh, from USC, he looks like he's not going to be able to suit up uh, this week. But uh, he, so far, he's he's the second. Uh, he's lead. He's he's in second in targets for that Colts offense. So. Um, yeah, honestly, I think it just comes down to if, if Philip Rivers is going to be able to, uh, to be able to, they're going to be able to lean on him if the bears are able to stop the run. I th and I think you, you mentioned it, or I think it's going to be the same exact thing on the other side of the ball is can full step up this week and make the throws needed when necessary again. So it's, it, I think this is a very well-matched game to be honest. Cause I ultimately, I again, hate giving the bears credit, but it's two solid football teams. Yeah, it should be a it should be a really tight one um, in Chicago on Sunday afternoon. But let's move on to our second NFC North game at noon on Sunday, 
And we're going to send it up to you, Remy, Minnesota, where the Vikings are going to be traveling to Houston. They survived COVID, so they got going after them. Uh, but they are four-and-a-half-point underdogs uh, traveling in Houston this week. So injury updates and your initial thoughts on this game. Yeah, we still uh, – it's still not looking good up in Minnesota. Um, you got, you know, two of your top corners still out, plus your additional backup corner out. Um, Minnesota I, – I, I mean, they're both sitting at 0-3, um, both looking for a win. But if I'm Minnesota, I'm 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 not real confident about this game because you, when Deshaun Watson's on the field, anything can happen. And right now, Minnesota's giving up 34 points per game. We're like number 31 in the NFL, and Viking fans are listening to it. Oh, 31st in the NFL, like giving up points, surrendering points. Is, is, are we back? Is, is Leslie Frazier still our head coach? And we're only putting up like 25 <laughs> points, and in this day and age, 25. 25 a game isn't uh, isn't going to cut it. So Yeah, and Minnesota has the worst uh, defense per PFF right now in the NFL. Half of our defense is banged up. Uh, we do know Je- Justin Jefferson is the real deal and a baller, but I I honestly I don't think Minnesota can get it done unless, uh, unless so- something can happen with their O-line. Uh, they've got no business winning – this game, or quite frankly, even over four games this year. I know we we up here in Minnesota see the tank for Trevor trend. That is a crime. If Kirk Cousins, who last year was amongst or the most accurate passer in the league, cannot get it done, don't come throw this college kid in behind a very faulty offensive line he'll get his college he'll get his he'll get his professional career ended very quickly so in this game i i gotta take the texans 30 to 10 i think minnesota gets blown out completely embarrassed and i have to just live with it because that's just how my life is right now as a minnesota sports fan it is not good and then you gotta wonder if kubiak's job is on the line if he starts owen if he starts owen four it, does it then lean on coaching? They just extended Zimmer. They This is Ku, Gary Kubiak's first year. Why are we not seeing 10 screens a game, whether it's to Dalvin, whether it's to a tight end? This offense has plummeted. It, you you've seen Kirk roll out maybe three times and on one they, of the – They scored yeah, 30 points to, last week. They scored 30 points, but it we we also gave up 31. Then, then you switch over to the you switch <laughs> over. That's to not the, on the offense, though, is what I'm saying. You, you the gotta, Vikings had the worst defense. You got to be in a real dark place, Remy, if you've only got confidence that the Vikings are only going to score ten points against that Houston defense, which is in absolute shambles as well, right? Like, there's got to be as, as you, much as I want to just believe yeah. that the offense will go off. I, I just I think we get shut down. It's my gut feeling, and I want to say Dalvin has another great game, close to 200 yards, all purpose. I want to say Justin Jefferson has a good game, but I every time I just I get let down, and I'm not expecting much this week. So tank so, for so whoever Remy, the, the Vikings- best player will be. So the the Houston Texans have the 29th worst ranked defense right now in the NFL for PFF, and also they have um, a bottom three rush defense, and the Vikings are number one right now. I think you have to look at that and exactly uh, the, Viking- the, the, the 
the Vikings are running the ball extremely well. Uh, I, I, it's a really good matchup from that perspective. And again, I think the bigger problem is the defense, it's not the offense that you're clamoring on. So, uh, and it's only week three. The offense is always slower to come to it uh, usually, especially when there's no uh, preseason and stuff like that. So we've been, and again, we've it's been proven. There's seven teams that make the playoffs, Remy. You're only two games back right now out of that spot with 13 games left to go. <laughs> well, I, I don't know why I'm trying to help I, you get better here. I appreciate the encouraging words. No, yeah. I'm am I being a little over dramatic, maybe, but this Viking team is not <laughs> living up to expectations that we had this season. Um and I mean Dave and we I mean David Johnson is just starting to find his groove. Uh He's a dog, and he is from yeah. right here in our backyard in Clinton, Iowa. You and I, boy. <laughs> All right, now, Remy, uh, do you do you share the similar feelings? Or, uh, Barney, do you share the similar feelings of Remy over here uh, in regards to the Vikings this weekend? I, I don't think they come out with the victory, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that, right? Um, the key to, to me is – just not going down early, right? Um, as long as they can establish the run and keep, you know, the first half just competitive, I, I don't see this being a blowout at all. Um, that way they'll be able to stick to the bread and butter and keep running it. You know, if they go down two scores or three scores early, then, then yeah, they're not going to be able to just run the ball. Mm-hmm. And then the play action is not going to really work all that much. But, you know, if they use their first couple drives and they're able to move the ball down the field, uh, you know, I don't really think this game's going to get too out of hand. I the line I'm seeing is 54 and a half. Um, oh. I almost like the over here. Uh, I think both teams can can score points. Um, I, I mean, I'd probably say I'd take Houston 34 to 24. All right, Kinger, how are you feeling about this one? I certainly don't think it's going to be a blowout either. Uh, the Vikings defense, like you highlighted, Big Z, I think that is the problem. We've got two, or the problem with the Vikings, I, the Texans, they are in shambles in typical fashion again on that side of the ball this year as well. We've got two mm-hmm. extremely desperate teams. I don't feel confident picking in either one. Uh, Mike Zimmer looked very agitated today in his press conference. I don't know if you guys saw that video, but uh, somebody said highlighted that they've let up the most points when uh, in like Vikings history. And he goes, well, I'm not here to for opinions on the matter. If you want to ask me a question, it's like, well, Mike, that was an opinion. So I think we've got problems in the Vikings locker room. Uh, I'm going to take the Texans at home 28-24. Already alleged wow, right. problems in the locker room. Love it. Love it. <laughs> oh, I keep going back and forth on this one. It's uh I I'm gonna I, I like the twenty seven twenty four score, uh Kingery, but I'm gonna go for the Vikings actually on this one. I, I think the the Houston is also giving up the second most sacks in the NFL so far through the year through the year. Uh they have not figured out that that part of the side of the ball at all. I think that might be the difference maker. And I love the Vikings run game against um, this Houston defense. The only, the, the thing that worries me is Brandon cooks, Will Fuller, uh, Randall Cobb going against the cornerbacks of the Vikings. That is the biggest concern. Uh, but I think the Vikings control the time of possession and actually win this game. So I, I have it your score, but for the different teams, <laughs> um, so that that that's going to cover the second NSC North game here at noon. 
I'll wait. Uh, Revin, did you mention any of the injuries uh, for the Vikings? Yeah, both of our top corners and our backup corner. Okay, that's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Let's, so let's move on to third noon game here, and that's my Detroit Lions. Uh, coming off a big victory on the road in Arizona, they are at home. Four-point underdogs against the New Orleans Saints. The Saints in an unusual position, uh, starting off one and two as well. Michael Thomas looks like he's returning this week. So, Kinger, you son of a bitch. Uh, the damn Packers get, get no Michael Thomas, but they, they bring him back for the, the Lions. So, you, you escaped one there. Uh, but, man, and the, and the uh, Saints have the least amount of yards to receivers in the NFL currently right now. So, getting Michael Thomas back is just a monstrous boost for them, especially when he averages like over 10 targets a game. Uh, the Lions are getting back. It looks like Desmond Trufant, their cornerback. Jeff Okuda has been struggling a lot. He, he had an interception last week. He made some flash plays, but he's still a rookie cornerback, and that's one of the toughest positions in the NFL to learn right away. So I expect him to rotate back in. Desmond Trufant to come back and take that starting spot with Imani Warrior on the other side. Um, no Kenny Gowdy on the injury report whatsoever. That's great to see. His hamstring held up in the Week 3 performance. Um, so that's really good. We don't have Justin Coleman. He's still on IR. Um, Joe Dahl is also limitedly practicing, which is good. Uh, and our right guard, Big V, uh, who's supposed to be our starting right tackle, is not on the injury report. So that's also good news. Um, and the game this week. Uh, the Saints have been lambasted by people for Drew Brees and not throwing deep. I am that concerns me <laughs> that they're showing, throwing all these short routes because I think that's what hurts the Lions more is uh, these teams that like to throw a lot more short routes because the Lions like to play this bend don't break defense and they kind of encourage deep throws to get the interceptions and uh, those t type of perfect throws so this does concern me a lot um, but I think their defense found something last week that they've been missing for a while a good performance again a good offensive team. Um, it's a different quarterback. Drew Brees is a pocket quarterback, obviously. And I think dealing with Kyle, Kyler Murray last week is going to help him with the Taysom Hill uh, in and out that they have there. Hopefully Taysom Hill hands us the ball uh, like they did to you, Kinger, last week. That was a nice little gift he gave to you guys in a clutch situation. Um, I don't anticipate that happening, unfortunately, for us. That's not how it goes in Detroit. Uh, but us at home... Going against the Saints here, I really like it. And, of course, I love the Saints' defense has been struggling a lot. They lead the NFL in penalties still. The Lions' offense is almost at full throttle right now. Matt Stafford looked a lot better last week. I anticipate that uh, to be a really good matchup. Kenny Galladay against Marshawn Lattimore should be fun. Getting him back is also great because the, the Saints' second quarterback, I can't remember off the top of my head, but you have Marvin Jones. TJ Hawkinson has really been stepping up. They got Jesse James involved last week. That's all really good signs. And Adrian Peterson continues to look like uh, an ageless wonder, Remy. I don't know how he's doing it, man. Uh, he's definitely all not day. his younger self. But damn it, he like he, he still is sprightly for 35 years old. Uh, I do you, do you like do you root for him in Detroit here? Uh, like do you oh, root for him to do yeah. well? I'll root for him anywhere he goes. Uh, I actually told uh, a person I know. On his thirtieth, on Adrian and Peterson's thirtieth birthday, I said, "I'll bet you twenty bucks he's playing until he's thirty-five. And that dude <laughs> goes, "Y'all, you're crazy." And well, twenty dollars richer. And that, I mean, Look at he, you. he can <laughs> honestly, he can he can play. He's got at least three more years in him, at least. 
<laughs> I hope he didn't put that 20 on the Minnesota Vikings to win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> um, no, so, but I'm, Kinger, I'm uh, getting it bad. <laughs> uh, Kinger, if you could uh, just help me out here really quick and just tell me what you saw the Packers do so well offensively against the Saints defense and what do you think the Lions will exploit offensively as well? Well, again, I, yeah, I'm not going to go ahead and just dis discredit the Lions and their offensive capabilities off the start, but I still think we're dealing with uh, a couple of different, uh, a little different level skills from the Packers and Lions. Wow. Not to not to diminish you guys too much, but um, I think they they really kept yeah, the yeah. the Saints defense off guard all night. Right, absolutely ate them alive with the play action and bootleg. Uh, Sean Payton said today that uh, you know he he felt his team looked like high schoolers. Um, defending the play action, specifically the bootleg last week. Um, you know, we were able to run the ball pretty effectively, um, but ultimately really allowing Rodgers um, the, to, to, the time to pick apart that defense, um, keeping them off balance with that. I think the Lions need to try and focus on the run um, and try and maybe exploit that because it was very successful for Green Bay last week. Well, that makes me really happy to hear uh, because that's kind of like the Lions' offense is built right now. They ran 22 times with Adrian Peterson last week. They they started off good. It didn't go uh, as well the second half, but they still stuck with it because there were some play actions late in that game um, that they totally bit on, gave Stafford plenty of time on a rollout, and that's where Stafford's at his best in play action. Over the last five years, he's, uh, he's probably a top-five passer in play action. I know he was last year. He's the number one passer in play action in terms of yards per attempt and efficiency ratings. Um, I, I don't think he's in the top five right now, but I know he's in the top ten. But that's where he's most comfortable in play action. Uh, with Darren Bevel in this offense, it's he's he's gone to a new level, especially with play action. It does some it gets him in rhythm. He's out of the pocket. Um, that's where he's at his best. So that's really encouraging for me to hear. Um, so I'm just going to get to my prediction now. I think the Lions offensively match up really well with the Saints defense, and I think they do enough on defense uh to pull out this victory i'm gonna say 31 28 detroit lions at home they are four point underdogs so i'll be taking money line in this as well you can bet that barney how do you feel about the lions go uh at home against the saints here give me some love baby uh, you know i i gotta be honest with you i i don't see it going well um shocker i i, I don't I don't think it'll be I don't think it'll be, you know, out of hand or anything like that, but I still think the Saints are a lot better than what they've played. Um and you know just Drew Brees, especially with getting uh Michael Thomas back. Um and you know, the how the first couple of weeks have gone with Detroit's inability to, you know, defensively do almost some of the most simple things like pursuit angles. Uh I think Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Drew Brees just get it done. Um, I think it'll. I think the overs in play here. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I'm scared of the backdoor cover by uh, by Stafford here, but uh, I would probably say New Orleans 31, Detroit 27. Oh, so we're almost on the same score uh, line there, except what you're switching them around. Damn it. Uh, but uh, in in terms of uh, the defense and the pursuit angles, the biggest culprit of that on our team was Will Harris, our safety, that nobody in Lions fandom understood why he was out there. He's consistently rated the worst safety 
in the NFL uh, by any efficiency ratings. You can look at his tackles, blah, blah, But uh, he only played 19 snaps last week. He's being relegated to the bench, essentially, and it worked out really well for us last week, and I continue. I look forward to continuing to not see him on the field. Sorry, Will Harris. Maybe you're a good guy, but I don't want to see him on the field for Detroit Lions unless it's in an emergency. Um, but Kinger, how do you feel? Uh, you saw the Saints last week, so how do you, and you and you've seen the Lions, so you have more insight than anybody here. I'm with Barney on this. I think the Saints still are flying under the radar. Uh, Detroit is talented. I, again, I don't want to give them, I don't want to discredit them too much because they are they are good offensively. But I don't think the Saints are going to lose three games in a row. I expect the Breeze and Thomas to get right back in um, in in stride or connect right back in stride. Uh, the Lions still lack playmakers on defense, and like you said, their short passes do t- does tend to kill them. I'm going to take the Saints in a little bit low scoring game, 24-14. Ooh, okay. And Remy, how you feeling about my Lions? Come on, come on, baby. You know I've said it once on this podcast before, and I'll say it again. I don't ever bet on the Packers, and I don't bet on the Saints. Hate them both. So, uh, yeah, Detroit <laughs> Detroit is going to win this game 27-24. That a boy. That's what I like to hear. Uh, <laughs> um, so we're split on this one. That's uh, good. I, I picked against the Lions last week. I really thought about doing it again just for, uh, like as a good luck thing or something. I don't know. But I couldn't do it. I, I, I feel like they're going to win this game in my heart of hearts. But let's move on. You know, there's no 325, no Sunday night, but the Packers get the home game against the Falcons, uh, Kinger. You know, the Falcons could easily be a 3-0 team. Instead, they are 0-3. They've consistently blown fourth-quarter leads and monstrous fourth-quarter leads, as Barney knows, as we all kind of know. So how how are you feeling about a good offense coming into Green Bay, at least? I can't speak for their defense as much. Gentlemen, I just want to say buckle in for this one because if we're going based off of the historical matchups the last few years between the Packers and the Falcons, uh, we're going to get a high-octane game with a lot of points. Now, granted, all of these games, um, the past couple times, the past three times they've met, actually, none of them have been particularly close. Um, We all remember that uh, ugly NFC Championship game. Um, from 2017 where Atlanta just blew the brakes off of Green Bay when we had Ladarius Gunter starting in the secondary trying to guard Julio Jones, 44-21. They met again that following year, 34-23 Atlanta, and then in December 2018, the Packers finally got back on um, board 34-20. But if you hear all those scores, boys, we haven't had a game below 54 points um, in those last three matchups, the over under this week is set at 56 and a half. Vegas was on top of that. Um, it seems like they took what you said uh, last week, Big Z, that a lot of people were going to get on the over and, and they're prepared for it. Highest um, this week um, out of all the games in the league. But, uh, you know, the Packers defense historically has been the question Atlanta has had or been known to have a little bit better defense up until these last couple of years. Um, I think we've got reverse roles in in this game on Monday night. We've got the number one offense versus the 32nd ranked defense. Uh, The Falcons uh, obviously have been in every game this year. Matt Ryan quietly is having a pretty good year. He's third in um, league in passing. 
Um, so expect a shootout in both ends. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty high on Green Bay. Again, the confidence here is uh, sky high and and I'm expecting them to go in and hopefully put up um, some numbers on a very banged up Atlanta defense. And again, they just lost their another corner today. Darquez Denard went on IR. So uh, got to like Green Bay at home yeah. here. And uh, do you know the status of Julio Jones injury by any chance and any other Packers injuries? Kenny Clark coming back? So I'll start by addressing the Packers. The Packers is still a little up in the air because we're playing on the Monday. We're playing on Monday night this week, and we're off the Sunday night game. Uh, we actually haven't returned to practice yet this week. So um, Green Bay's will return back to the facility tomorrow to get back in action. So there's still um, there's been really no new updates on the injury front um, outside of Christian Kirksey, who will be out for at least a game or two with that shoulder injury. So it's going to be up to Ty Summers to step in, who, who popped in last week. Julio, I'm not sure. I want to say I saw that he was trending in the right direction, uh, but I don't know any updates. Do any of you guys have anything else or see anything else on there? Because I haven't, I haven't seen anything as of recent. Um, I, I'm, I'm just double checking right now. It says questionable. They're monitoring his practice reps closely this week. That's all uh, I have. He was kind of close to playing last week against the Bears. He didn't. Uh, I think it's going to be a game time decision for him as well. Um, but Barney. You saw this Falcons team last week. They jumped out to an extremely early lead against the Bears. Um, you're well aware of the Packers' octane offense. Uh, I mean, how, do you think this Falcons team has any sort of shot against Kingers Packers? I mean, yeah, they have a shot. They have a they have a really good offense. They failed to just put three teams away. Um, you know, to start this year, uh, especially if they have Julio back, which. You know, that guy's a grinder, and he does, even when he's really banged up, he doesn't miss games. So I was really shocked when he didn't suit up versus the Bears. I would be shocked if he doesn't suit up versus Green Bay, especially with the way the season's going. Um, I can't, as much as I want to pick against Green Bay, just because I hate them and uh, and Aaron Rodgers, I, I it's, it's hard. I mean, the Bears, once Nick Foles came in, just absolutely danced all over them. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is is, is a better quarterback than Nick Foles here, uh, especially with Darquez uh, Denard uh, going down. Uh, what are they going to be on their third and fourth string uh, corners? Uh, I really don't see this um, – if they if they're in the game, it's it's solely because Matt Ryan doesn't drop the ball this time. Um, I do see a very high score game. I love when overs and unders are at the thresholds, right? Uh, because you just know Vegas is scared each way. Um, so I really like the over in this. I think the the Falcons can easily put up twenty eight points on the Packers defense, uh, but I still think the Packers are going to win. So uh, for that reason, I'll say it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, it'll be 34-31 Packers. All right. That's not out of the realm of possibility for sure, that score. Um, my feelings on this game, uh, I mean, everybody, it's it's insane, these over-unders. Uh, the Packers 7.5-point favorites. I like – them to be under their season average in offense, 35 points the Packers are going to score. It's insane how much they're scoring right now. Uh, and the Falcons are going to score 24. So I have 35-24. Uh, I, I think the Packers match up extremely well against this Falcons team. This Falcons defense is brutal. 
Brutal, brutal, brutal. Uh, so 35-24. That's what I have. Uh, just because I think the Packers are going to be run out the clock in the fourth quarter and maybe slow down the scoring. Uh, Remy, you got the last word on this game. What do you say? Yeah, and I stick to my word on never betting on the Packers or Saints. So I think Atlanta <laughs> goes and gets some. I am betting the over, though, and it's going to be 35-31 in favor of Atlanta. <laughs> I wanted to piggyback off of Barney's point real quick because the Falcons have been in every single game this year. Uh, they are the first team in 20 years to blow multiple 15-point fourth-quarter weeds, which uh, is pretty uh, absurd stat. Um, but I like I, I do think Green Bay is going to be able to exploit that defensive matchup for sure. I'm going to – I didn't throw out a score previously. I'm going to take 38-24 Green Bay at home. All right. And, All and right. Kinger, I gotta I gotta cut in here. Uh you just threw out that stat, which is pretty mind blowing. The Bears are actually the first team in NFL history to have two uh comeback victories of sixteen points or more in the second or in the fourth quarter in uh in one season. So uh ridiculous. opposite yeah. side <laughs> of the yeah, opposite sides of the spectrum there. Right. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> All right, so that's previewing week four. But before we end the podcast, of course, this is a Wednesday recording this on. This is a Thursday episode, which means it's our best bet segment here. So, Barney, I'm going to throw it over to you to just give an update really quick on the standings for the season. And I think we're, I think it's going really well. If people have been listening and taking our bets, uh, they've been making money, right? Yeah, so, you know, three per person uh, each week. Last week, out of 12 bets, we went nine and three. So, uh, you know, hats, uh, hats off here. Big Z took the cake going three and oh, um, yeah, you jumped up and joined, uh, Kinger and I up in the, the leadings, uh, the standings, but, uh, Remy's Remy's close behind. He's nipping at our heels here. And you know, if he, if he gets, uh, gets hot this week, who knows? It could go a lopsided here, but, um, so far, you know, we're, we're doing fairly well, gentlemen, fairly well. That's it. That's really good. That's really, really good. Um, so, Barney, I, you know, start us off here, man. Give us your best bets for week four of the NFL. Sure. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Baltimore took a took a thump versus Kansas City here uh, at home. And, uh, you know, I think, I think Lamar Jackson's a video game player, and he's going to want some revenge. Uh, I like the matchup at Washington. I think Washington's best uh, uh, feature is their front seven, and that's that's you know usually a good matchup, but not for somebody who's as quick and is just lethal as um, as Lamar is. So right now they're laying thirteen points at Washington. I think it's going to be an absolute thumper here. Uh, I'm looking for the Ravens to uh, to win by three scores or more. Uh, so I'm taking the Ravens minus 13 at Washington. Uh, my next bet here, uh, I hit on, I hit on both of these a little bit earlier today. Uh, I like the Atlanta green Bay over. I, I do really like the Atlanta plus seven. However, I just think the over is going to be a lot more fun to, to cheer for here. Uh, especially when Atlanta scores um, the, the overs at 56 and a half. Um, so I'm going to go the over in that game. And then last 
Big Z, I hate to do this to you, but uh, you know, Kinger said he doesn't see New Orleans losing three in a row. I don't see it. Uh, I think Drew Brees takes advantage of a a pretty shitty defense, and I like minus four New Orleans at Detroit. It's in a dome. I think uh, I think they'll be comfortable. Uh, if it was an outdoor game, I might I might have taken the Lions here, but uh, I'm gonna go New Orleans minus four at Ford Field. All right, there's your three picks. You have a you have a right to your opinion, I guess, Bernie, but. I f- vehemently disagree. Um, <laughs> let's so <laughs> let's go over to Remy. What do you got for us, man? Yeah, so my three picks. I'm starting off. You look. You look at this Cowboys Browns game, and you just almost got to think it's a lock for the Cowboys. Um, I don't know why I don't really usually root for the Cowboys, but some with my gut tells me to take the Cowboys at minus four and a half. Um, and then actually, you know, I sad day in Minnesota when I got to do this, but I'm taking Houston at minus four and a half. You know, you got to bet, you got to bet with your uh, with your wallet, not with your heart sometimes. And uh, mm. and last but certainly not least, I like mm. the Chargers uh, over Tampa Bay at plus seven. Um, there's some bad blood yeah. with the with when Tom Brady was in New England and. Uh, I, I think the Chargers might have them figured out, and my boy Desmond King may record a pick on them. We'll see. But I like the Chargers at plus seven. Yeah, and that Chargers uh, four-man pass rush got after Patrick Mahomes. They can definitely get after Tom Brady, I feel. so. I, exactly. I, I I do like that. All right, Kinger, let's go up to you, man. Wait, Barney, you got something to throw in there really quick. Yeah, yeah, Remy. Uh, you know, I love where your head's at with that game. Um, you know, make turn a turn a negative into a positive. You know, uh, it was a fun year when it when it was the Tressman and and John Fox era. Uh, made a lot of money because people thought the Bears were a little bit better than what they actually were. And you know, if there's some points and there's some money on the table, you might as well enjoy your Sundays here if you don't think you're gonna win. Exactly. You know what? Let me let me. I'll change that and I'll just I'll bet the over. I'll bet the over in that Viking Texans game. I'll, I'll still take the Texans though. <laughs> Oh, that's hedging your. Is that hedging your happiness? Is that what you call it, Barney? Essentially. Oh, that's a good line right there, Big Z. <laughs> Coin that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kinger. Uh, let's go up to you, man. Uh, what 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 are your three for this week? All right. So a lot of my games have actually. Well, I mentioned the first game uh, already earlier in the podcast that I like this week. And again, I'm not particularly happy that I have to do so, but I like the Bears to cover the two and a half at home versus Indianapolis. I'm not a believer in Phil Rivers. Uh, I could see this him be a week where he t- throws two or three interceptions. If even if this offense is even a step up from what it has been, like it looks like it's going to be with Foles. Uh, I don't think the I don't think Indianapolis is going to be able to overcome that. So uh, Bears to cover at home. Uh, I'm with Remy on the Dallas minus four and a half uh, over Cleveland. This does look like a game to me that you know you feel like Dallas is better than the one and two record. You feel like they're going to step up and pound a team. I'm not a believer in Cleveland, um, regardless if they've won a couple weeks in a row now. So I'm going to take Dallas there as well. 
And then I'm going against him, actually. He's got the Chargers. I'm going to take the Bucs uh, to cover the seven points, or they're laying seven. Um, I'm, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I was not impressed. Uh, I was impressed very much week one with Herbert, not so much last week versus the Chargers uh, versus the uh, lowly Panthers team. Uh, I think Tampa Bay is rolling right now. Uh, Chargers aren't very good. Tampa Bay's gonna 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 succeed there and 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 cover the seven points right there. All right, all right. Um, so I'll wrap this up here with my three picks. My first one is the Patriots going on the road to Kansas City. They are seven point underdogs right now. I think that's too big of a line with how good the Patriots are playing right now. And Bill Belichick against Andy Reid. That's a really fun matchup. Um, Bill Belichick keeps it close with Andy Reid usually, so I really like that one. I'm going to go unders. These are all about all the late games, so I'm going to be waiting around for these. Um, but under in the Bills Raiders, the under over under is 52 and a half right now. I think that Bills defense is good enough to keep that under 52 and a half. I don't know what the score is going to be, but I just feel like it's that, that's that's too high. I, I know the Bills offense has been playing really good lately. Um, and Josh Allen's been a fa- fantasy marvel. Uh, <laughs> I think, what is he averaging, like four touchdowns a week or something? But uh, I like the under there. And then I'm, I'm going back and forth on it, but I'm going to go with it. I, I, I think seven points for the Eagles on the, the road. I'm going to take the Eagles plus seven as well on the road at San Francisco. That, that's their, that Philadelphia team is too much talent, and San Francisco is lacking it right now that I think it uh, – is a close enough game, especially in Sunday Night Football in prime time. I think they step up and at least make it close. I keep telling so myself that, Big Z. Team. I hope it works out for you. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. I I wasn't thrilled with Are it, you? but that, it stuck out to me. I, I just I thought seven points is too much for that San Francisco team. Are are you aware that uh, basically every wide receiver for Philly is out right now? Elshon, Djax, Rieger, basically the entire. Uh, Receiving core. Not Greg um, Ward. You... Greg Ward's still there. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Greg Ward. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I know. But they have Zach Ertz, too. Um, I'm, just, I'm just telling you what what, uh, what I'm feeling on that one right now. Um, but And I, I just – the 49ers against the Giants is not a good measurement of the lack of talent that San Francisco has currently because the Giants team is just not good. Uh, or the, the New York Giants, I'm sorry, are not that good. So I, I think seven points in a primetime game for the Eagles. Uh, they're they're desperate. They're going to be playing desperate in this game. I think they at least keep it within seven. I don't think they're going to win, but I think they keep it within seven. Uh, but I think that's going to wrap up this segment of Best Bets. So please, we advise you, please, again, if you listen on this Thursday, go back on Sunday if you haven't put your bets in and put them in based on our recommendations. We're, we're hot, baby. We're hot. We're all hot right now. Nine and three last week, as Barney said, but we're all above five hundred. It's good. We're all making money. I love it, um, and we want our listeners to make money, of course, too. But um, that that's all we have on this episode, previewing Week Four, the pylon on Instagram. Please follow us. Uh, we we're close to a thousand, right, Barney? We're we're we're, we're just on the tip, right? Yeah, yeah, I would probably say in the next day or two, we should probably uh, cross that mark. So uh, thank you to all that have uh, followed us and uh, for all those that, that write me messages on uh, on what you guys feel about how shitty the uh, the Green Bay Packers and the Bears <laughs> are. We all love it. So <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. It's a lot of fun. So um, 
And it, it, and there's always a lot of the stories as well on Sunday as well to, for you to follow along throughout the day. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, please subscribe to this podcast as well, and please share it on social media. Um, let's expand our NSC North audience if we can. That'd be great. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Kicker, Barney, Remy, and Big Z. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great weekend, and good luck to all your teams. <laughs>